everybody, you're about to listen to my interview with Oren Charnoff, and he is the co-founder and CEO of Fondue. Fondue's whole purpose in life is to help brands get away from the dreaded coupon code and use cash back as a way to incentivize customers to continue to do business with them. Enjoy. This is the E-Commerce Edge podcast with your host, Jason Greenwood. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the pod. I have another amazing guest for you out of Tel Aviv. We seem to have been on a roll lately with Israeli tech and e-commerce startups. So I'm really excited to speak with Oren Charnoff, and he is the co-founder and CEO of Fondue. Welcome, mate. Really good to have you here. Happy to be here. What's up, Jason? Oh, mate, it is really cool to be speaking with you today. Fondue, obviously a, a famous European dipping sauce part of their cuisine, but that's clearly not what you guys do. That is correct, although we have plenty of room in our hearts for the authentic fondue itself. Absolutely love it, mate. It's definitely a memorable name, memorable brand. So well done on that. You come from a, you've got an investing background. You've been a a venture leader. You have worked in industry for quite some time, but uh, for the last almost two years now, you've been running Fondue and the whole idea behind Fondue, I've never used you before, but as I understand it, you guys are really looking to shake up the e-commerce market by completely eliminating the need for merchants to use coupons. That is correct. We believe that the devil has been reincarnated into the form of coupon codes, bleeding brands a margin. And we are here to help e-commerce brands overcome their coupon code addiction with a strictly better way to discount. Tell us how, I guess in the first instance, tell us how Fondue came to be. Were you scratching an itch? It doesn't appear that you at least were a merchant immediately before starting up Fondue. Did you just recognize a gap in the market and say, look, we think we've got a better way or were you scratching an itch at the same time? Sure, so this really came about from one of my co-founders who while he was completing his PhD in machine learning and public policy at Carnegie Mellon, He did what most doctors do, and Dr. William Herland started and ran and sold an e-commerce brand. And while he was there, he was really, as the academic that he is, taking notes of what was pretty terrible for him and from the other brands that he met, the other founders. And it's there where he learned he was super addicted to coupon codes. They were appearing on so many purchases, and he was thinking to himself, how many of these people really actually need this discount to convert? Because... His opinion at the time was, if you're buying anything D2C directly from the brand, it's strictly more expensive than if you were to buy some competitor's product on Amazon or Alibaba. So it means your brand first and price second. And yet the amount of shoppers who were having coupon codes applied was just totally didn't align with this brand first, price second mentality of D2C Shopify. So it was there where we really dug in and we looked at how prevalent coupon code and discounting was. And then from the investor perspective, having invested in and looked at a number of brands, we saw how this depleted margin. So then that's really where we came to the realization that coupon codes as a discounting technique are a problem and that there must be a more profitable way to do this and maybe even a higher converting way. So it's from William's experience as an operator my like perspective of seeing a number of brands as an investor is that coupon codes are the best technology to make less profit guaranteed. Absolutely love it. And I guess that observation led you to build the platform, led you to build out the concept of replacing 
coupon codes with cashback and to allow brands to implement that quickly and easily on Shopify, your Shopify app. Plus, you also integrate out of the box with Playview, Attentive, PostScript, and you've got a whole pantheon of apps that you integrate with here, at least in terms of communication with the customer, in terms of how the cashback process works. And as you state on your website, it's enabled by a super simple UTM code that you can easily add to any single link, email, SMS, pop-up, influencer, referral partner, however you want to disseminate that information, you can get that out there through a simple URL link that then is tracked, I'm guessing via JavaScript snippet by Fondue when someone hits the site so that they get the appropriate, appropriate cash back on their purchase. Totally. So as opposed to a pre-purchase discount of a coupon code, shoppers complete a purchase at full price knowing they're eligible to claim a cash back. Now, some shoppers might not claim it and some shoppers might claim it. And then in the event that they do claim it, we see they can either take $10 as cash or $15 as site credit. So between shoppers who simply never claim their cash back and those who do, but they take the greater value of the reconversion of site credit, it's way more profitable. And you can let shoppers know that this purchase is cashback eligible on really any marketing campaign, ads, influencers, and affiliates. But where nearly all of our brands begin is through the Clavio Postscript Attentive Recarts of the World, the welcome series in the retention marketing flow of the pop-up and the email and SMS flow pre-purchase, where the pop-up probably said before, get $10 off. And then with us, it could say, get $20 back. And you can measure with this different discount, three main metrics. List growth, do you build a bigger list by offering a cashback incentive? Net revenue from the welcome series, do you sell more stuff with a cashback at discount as opposed to coupon code? And then profitability, which is based on the redemption data, did you make more profit per sale? And the power of Klaviyo, Attentive, and Postscript and the like is their native A-B testing functionality, where it's not this biased SaaS founder saying, I've got great FinTech, but rather Klaviyo and Attentive can measure the list growth, the AOV, the click-through rate, the conversion rate, and most importantly, that revenue on the cashback discount versus a coupon code. So while we're used in so many different marketing mixes, Tactically, nearly every brand starts off with retention, specifically the pop-up and welcome. Series. And I guess that, that for me, that leads to an immediate two questions. Is this something that is typically running on the site at all times? Therefore, someone can reuse, I guess, that, that, that link, or is that something that is typically campaign-driven, meaning that on specific purchases or during a specific period, use this URL with this specific UTM code, and you're automatically going to qualify once that UTM code is triggered with that custom URL. So yeah. are you finding that most merchants are running this type of program continuously and are always notifying via, say, for example, a site pop-up on site landing? Or is this something that they're using on a tactical, more campaign-driven basis? Yeah, it's an awesome question. So what we aim for ultimately is to be systematic. So this is something that's continually used. And nearly every brand does that with the pop-up and welcome series flow. Most first-time shoppers get a pop-up and that's up to the brand, right? When does the pop-up appear? Does it always appear? But when it does appear, what we advocate for is that it ought to be a cashback discount as opposed to a coupon code. And then in that welcome series thereafter, if the brand is discounting, they should do it with cashback because it converts better and it's way more profitable. But if the brand wants to begin and try it out for a July 4th email, like we'll take it. 
but our bread and butter is the systematic continual volume of the pop-up and welcome series. But then the brands typically go from there and then they graduate to cart, browser, checkout abandonment, promotional emails, ad influencers and affiliates, and also the holy grail of site-wide. But generally to answer your question super narrowly, this is typically used systematically in the pop-up and welcome series continually. Makes complete sense. Now, when you say cash or credit, that by definition then means that you're managing store credit on behalf of the customers that choose to take the credit and reuse it on for future purchases. Uh, not and I'm guessing, quite, I'm sorry. Not quite, not quite. I'm sorry to interrupt there. Is we, we are not a gift card tool, not mm -hmm. a site credit program manager. Awesome tools for this. Fi has good native functioning. Gavalo has this, Rise AI. We, in the event that the shopper chooses to redeem, and if they choose to redeem as site credit, we're simply triggering that Shopify gift card. We're triggering that Rise AI or Gavalo gift card. Uh, and you know those gift card and site credit program managers are the ones that are managing that. We just trigger them. Okay, great. It makes sense. So instead of having an on-site store credit, you're using gift card functionality, whether native Shopify gift cards, which are, in my opinion, the experience isn't great with those. So you also integrate with third-party gift card slash store credit platforms that ease that process and make it super simple for customers to receive effectively a gift card that they then redeem as effectively a coupon code on some future purchase. Yeah, we are literally a UTM link that is used wherever coupon codes would be. And that is truly it. Wow. And so your platform is super simple, but I guess from my perspective, the value add of your platform is all of the third-party integrations that you have built out using and leveraging the reach of those third-party platforms that so many existing Shopify merchants already have. I'd say the vast majority of Shopify merchants out there, or at least a huge percentage of them are using a Klaviyo, a Postscript. They're using an existing marketing automation provider. They're using an existing gift card provider or an existing store credit platform provider. Over 8,000 apps in the app store. The apps are prolific, but it's it, to me, it feels like the energy that you've gone to to tap into and leverage the existing Shopify ecosystem is what makes your platform so special and so easy for merchants to use. Yes, I agree with everything that you said. <laughs> Fantastic. And how do you see, I guess, let's just take a cross section of the merchants that you're working with today. Do you have any data or have they shared any data with you in terms of the retained margin that they're seeing and versus old school sending out a whole bunch of coupon codes or maybe making site-wide discounts or whatever it might be, or using a promotions tool that then they're applying, whether it be category discounts, whatever it might be, they're running other forms of discount systems versus the cashback system that you guys promote. Do you have any, I guess, metadata around the additional retained margin that your merchants would typically see versus those other discounting slash promotional systems? Totally. So the three main metrics that a brand will measure us against is going to be list growth. Do you get more folks in the retention funnel? Net revenue, do you sell more things? Do you make more money from that flow? And then that profit per conversion. Those are three immediate data points that you can measure. The benchmarks that we typically look at is we generally are aiming for 20% plus list growth, 30% on the net revenue benchmark. And then we're typically adding and helping brands recover 
3 to 3.3% bottom line margin that they were previously bleeding with coupon codes. So we have best practices of what's the type of language, the type of design to be best implementing our fintech solution of cashback. And even if we beat out the coupon code, just boost the list growth by 11% and the net revenue by 16%, we'll still continually look to do other initiatives to get that number to where we see it benchmarked, which again is 20% less growth, 30% net revenue impact, and then also helping brands recover 3.3% more profit margin per sale. The second piece of this, sorry to keep podcasting on the podcast, is for shoppers who go through cashback as opposed to coupon codes, we simply see a higher and a faster LTV, both because the shopper's first purchase is full price, so you're already winning on LTV, but due to some shoppers opting into the site credit as the discount method of choice, those site credit holders then get segmented and get email flows reminding them, don't forget to use your site credit, and even if not, naturally will come back and spend more sooner. So the immediate impact is the list growth and net revenue and the profit per conversion, but depending on your 30, 60, 90 day cohort windows where you're optimizing LTV, we also are happy to be looked at during those periods because we have a big impact there. Those statistics are really pretty mind blowing, particularly for D2C and B2C brands that you work with because the reality is that what we're seeing in the market, and this is metadata from all around the world, it's pretty consistently the same regardless of region, regardless of market, regardless of vertical, which is that we're only seeing about 10 to about a maximum of about 40% customer loyalty, meaning that the vast majority, the absolute lion's share of customers are only ever going to buy from a brand one time. And that's just the reality of the market. There is no loyalty. You can have all the loyalty programs. You can have all the membership programs. You can have all the programs you like, but the metadata from around the world for many studies is showing anywhere from 10 to about 40% is the upper bound of customer loyalty. And so for you guys, the reality is that you're having the biggest impact on profitability on that all important first purchase and further incentivizing customers to come back in the future. So you're kind of, in some respects, killing two birds with one stone in terms of the thorns in the side of D2C, B2C brands. Yeah, I would say we really optimize for a more frequent and more profitable first purchase. And due to the site credit feature of the payout choice, that will naturally lead to greater LTV thereafter and a more frequent uh, and faster second purchase. But as a company, what we're still just initially optimizing for is to be the best freaking discount on a welcome series. That is the main value prop today. And meanwhile, brands can enjoy the LTV. Love it. For example, and- like for example, what, something that we're building out now is based on what cashback, if anything, the shoppers select, you should be segmenting them separately in winback emails and SMSs thereafter. Take, for example, you're a shopper who pays full price and never redeems your cashback. That means you're a full price shopper. You should not email that shopper a discount anymore because you know they're willing to pay full price. So now you know that the shopper isn't as price sensitive. And then for the shoppers who redeem SI credit, you should be emailing them on a monthly basis, regardless if it was issued due to a fondue cashback or a regular site credit. Email them saying, I care about you. You've got money on the table. Don't forget to spend it. That's an excuse for another touch point and a thoughtful one. And then in the event that the shopper does redeem their cash back as cash, then you know that's a discount shopper and you can decide if it's even worth retargeting them, if it's worth that cost, if it's worth that effort. 
So the LTV opportunities here, there's a lot of alpha that we're going to be uncovering. But again, what we're still really focused on is being the most frequent and profitable first purchase uh, due to our discount. Wow, this is definitely attacking right at the pain point that the two primary pain points that, that merchants are having, you're attacking those head on with a really unique value prop. And from an implementation perspective, I'm guessing that it's as simple as installing the app, generating the URL with the UTM code, and deploying that in whatever communication channel you desire or referral channel that you desire. Yeah, I would say that the implementation isn't technical. Editing a pop-up in a welcome series can at times be monotonous. So what we often do is the brands will just add us to their Klaviyo Attentive PostScript Recart tools, and then we can just mirror their existing flow, set up an A-B test for them to approve, and then it goes live. So we'll help out with the implementation or a number of our agency partners also can do that as well. Amazing. And you guys have been operating for around two years now. And, you know, how many just ballparking, I don't expect you to give me commercially sensitive information, but what kind of adoption rates are you seeing within the Shopify ecosystem? Are you seeing good adoption rates? I see a pretty long list of pretty well-known brands cascading across your website. So obviously you're seeing pretty high adoption rates. Do you feel from your perspective that you really have any competitors in the market doing anything like you're doing? Or do you feel like this is a completely blue ocean opportunity and you really don't have competitors out there? And by definition, you're going to be default choice for this type of solution. Yeah, no, we compete with coupon codes, right? That's yeah. our competitor yeah. is, and they're the devil. <laughs> but I love um, the passion. Yeah, but we that's who we're competing with. Uh, but look, wow. the definition of the Shopify app ecosystem is like an economics 101, perfect information leads to perfect competition. And like we think there's a race to tackle the coupon code profit-eating problem. And we suspect others will get on to what we're doing because, you know, we've really only started to do sales and marketing and earn at the beginning of this year. So in January of 23, and we've got hundreds of brands using the product, a number of nine-digit brands, eight-digit brands, also seven and sixes. And like between my co-founder and I, our calendars just simply booked with installs and demos over the next eight weeks. It's been a lot of fun. The market's really taking well. And like we have our like brands who are our public advocates or, or offline advocates for that. And a number of our agency partners, shout out to AMB, shout out to Structured, shout out to the Snow Agency. These folks have just been incredible credibility proof points and advocates who are dramatically scaling this out to a number there. That is super exciting. Partnerships are the way to go, especially for apps that are seemingly so simple, but yet you do need, apart from paying super high CAC for your customers and trying to pay for performance marketing or whatever to get the word out to D2C, B2C brands and appearing on podcasts like this one, agency partnerships really are the bread and butter of a lot of these apps. The reality is those partners are the ones that have access to these great brands. They're already doing implementations. They're already making recommendations about how they can improve their profitability over time. And so obviously, if you can generate these really important relationships and partnerships, then you know that's a very important part of the overall GTM strategy for platforms like yours. And then I guess that combined with your simple pricing model has to be a very powerful one-two punch in terms of your GTM. Just um, just looking at understanding your pricing here, it's pretty straightforward. It's really simple. Zero usage fees, 30-day free trial, and then you've got one fixed price for everybody. There's not three or four SaaS tiers like many apps have. You've got this one tier, 65 bucks, build monthly, unlimited cashbacks, white glove onboarding, and really all the functionality of the platform bundled up for 65 bucks a month. And 
from my perspective, any brand that can't afford 65 bucks a month probably doesn't deserve to be. I agree with everything that you said. <laughs> love it, mate. Love it. And what is next on your radar, if anything, in terms of maybe functionality, enhanced functionality that brands are asking for today from you or what might be on your roadmap to further enhance and extend the platform? I'm guessing that your primary focus is additional integrations with other third-party platforms, especially as they emerge into the ecosystem that may be able to enhance the reach of your platform. What's on your radar? Yeah, so it's doubling down on where we are today is the best discount, the most profitable and highest converting discount to be used in the welcome series. So it's doubling down on our partnerships, both with those agencies and the retention flows, but also with the Clavio Attentive and Postscripts of the world. For us, like I spoke about that segmentation based on what shoppers choose to create that as tags inside of Clavio Attentive and Postscript is the most requested feature. So that is what we're focused on. Like the goal for the next 12 to 24 months is just welcome series, the default discount that folks use. And are you guys looking to expand outside the Shopify ecosystem to any of the other platforms out there, the, the Adobe Commerces, the Big Commerces, the Vtexes, the Salesforce Commerce Clouds? Are you looking at reaching out to any of those other platforms and extending your functionality and technology into their platforms and their ecosystem partners as well? Yes, yeah, so we've been asked that a bit, but the Shopify ecosystem is just so efficient to grow in that we're just super happy to stay where we are. Man, niching down is a superpower. Absolutely love it. You're super focused and doing what you do well and making sure that your merchants and technical partners and agency partners have a fantastic experience working with you and are well supported by you and you're helping to get the word out. So love the level of focus. Absolutely love it. Love it. And if merchants want to find out more about you or about Fondue, just for everybody's knowledge, the URL for you guys is getfondue, so G-E-T-F-O-N-D-U-E.com is where they can find out more about Fondue, book a demo, find out about the app, or go to the app store and find your app. But would you prefer in the first instance that people primarily go to getfondue.com, reach out to you on LinkedIn or any other contact channels you prefer if people find out more about you? And Twitter are great, and I would totally reach out to us before just installing the app. Our self-support isn't awesome yet, to be totally honest. Love the transparency. You do, you're very clear on the website that you do have this white glove onboarding service and that it does take a little bit of hand holding, which is great to know right up front that people can reach out, they can book the demo, and then presumably once they sign up, then they effectively deal with customer success, whether that be you, your partners, or I'm guessing you've got a small team standing behind you to help onboard new customers into the platform. Yeah. Great. And we're now coming to the end of our time together. And I now get to flip the script and hand the microphone over to you and let you ask me one question, any question you like, can be personal, can be professional. And I'm really looking forward to hearing what you come up with for me today. So I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, Oren Charnoff from Fondue. What is your question for me today? So what's an opinion that you've got, something that you believe is going to happen in the e-commerce market in the next 12, 24 months? That's a pretty unique view of your own. The classic, what do you believe that others don't? What's your contrarian take on e-commerce over the next two years? Yeah, look, that's such an interesting question. I love the way you asked that. And I, I don't necessarily think that I'm a contrarian so much as I try to really keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening right now. I have I have certain hypotheses based on patterns I'm seeing emerge that similar patterns that I've seen emerge over the last 20 plus years of doing this. But do I have a crystal ball? No, I don't think I do. But what I am seeing is that I'm seeing further margin compression in the market. And what I'm seeing, particularly from the D2C space, that maybe because I specifically work with so many B2B brands, 
that maybe not a lot of other maybe pundits aren't seeing is that I'm seeing a cross-pollination and a proliferation of channel mix. And what I mean by that is I'm seeing a ton of D2C brands establishing a wholesale channel via B2B e-commerce. And I'm seeing a ton of formerly sole B2B brands establishing a D2C channel alongside and in parallel with their existing B2B channel. And in all cases, that is all about de-risking their business. It is about how, if we're a pure D2C play today, and we're seeing rising cat, co cat costs, we're seeing low customer loyalty, we're seeing a low LTVs, what is one way we can combat that and stabilize our business with uncertain markets? Okay, let's establish a B2B, let's establish a wholesale channel, let's broaden our distribution of our product, and let's de-risk our business. That's what I'm seeing, and I'm seeing the other, the other be true. I'm seeing B2B brands saying, we need to get closer to our customer, we need to have a tighter feedback loop, a faster feedback loop, we need to de-risk our dependence on our existing distribution channels and the monopoly they have over our distribution, and we need to establish a D2C channel, even if it only ultimately composes 25% of our business, it's de-risking our dependence on that B2B distribution channel and route to market. So those are the two things I'm seeing, and especially during COVID, that really became true, especially as B2B sales reps, for example, couldn't go out to market. They couldn't, field sales reps couldn't go and see customers on site. Those are the two emerging trends that I'm seeing really take hold in the market based on my unique position in the market. And I see that trend growing massively as uncertainty grows in the market over the next couple of years. Got it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Oren, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for sharing from the coalface of what you're doing in the market, the trench work that you're doing with brands every single day, and the work that you're doing to banish the tried and true coupon code to the rubbish bin of e-commerce. And I look forward to seeing what you do next. And look, let's talk in another 12, 18 months and see what you've done with Fondue in the meantime. Let's do it. Look forward to it. And I wish you every success. Speak soon. Are you a B2B or D2C e-commerce merchant? Then head over to greenwoodconsulting.net to learn how we can help you scale your business.